0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, June 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Senate Ag leaders seek bipartisan send-off for Farm Bill. Durban plots crop insurance fight and Ag packs target House members. Senate Agriculture set to move on Farm Bill. The Senate Ag Committee takes up its 1,006-page Farm Bill this morning. Chairman Pat Roberts and ranking Democrat Debbie Stabenow hope to send the legislation to the Senate floor with a strong bipartisan vote. There will first be a debate over several amendments, including Senator Chuck Grassley's proposal to tighten commodity program payment limits and eligibility rules. Grassley suggested yesterday to reporters that the outcome will depend on how hard Chairman Roberts has tried to keep the provisions out of the bill. Grassley said... Roberts has a lot to do with the success of my amendment. CRP and ARC, among the other issues the panel may debate. Grassley also could offer an amendment intended to protect taxpayers and poultry growers by ensuring that they have sufficient access to birds to repay their USDA loans. Senator John Thune of South Dakota has been preparing several amendments to further improve the Agricultural Risk Coverage Program and increase the acreage cap on the Conservation Reserve Program. Another committee Republican, John Hoven of North Dakota, may have an amendment to increase lending limits on USDA-guaranteed loans. USDA will currently guarantee standard operating loans, farm ownership loans, and conservation loans for up to $1.4 million. Well, he's back senator durbin to take another run at insurance means testing when the farm bill does reach the senate floor there could be a renewed debate on imposing a means test on crop insurance senator richard durbin of illinois tells agripulse that he will try to offer his amendment to reduce premium subsidies to high-earning farmers however it's not at all clear how many amendments the full senate will be allowed to consider In 2013, the Senate approved an amendment by a 59-33 to margin that Durbin co-sponsored with Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma to reduce premium subsidies by 15 percentage points for producers with adjusted gross incomes above $750,000. The amendment was ultimately dropped during negotiations with the House on the final farm bill. This time, Durbin's Republican co-sponsor will be Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona. Peterson applauds Senate Farm Bill. The top Democrat on the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, is applauding Robertson Stabenow for putting together a bipartisan bill and says he wishes his committee had done the same. In a statement released yesterday, Peterson noted that the bill leaves out the food stamp reforms that the House bill includes. But Peterson noticeably didn't mention that the Senate bill doesn't increase reference prices in the price loss coverage something for which he has also criticized the House bill. Peterson has cited the PLC issue repeatedly in criticizing the House bill as being inadequate. Roberts and Stabenow put a bill together that avoids poison pills, stays away from ideology on SNAP, and most importantly, should be able to get the votes to pass their chamber, Peterson said. He indicated he would support aspects of the Senate bill and conference committee, but didn't go into specifics. Conway and House members dominate PAC spending. House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway of Texas has been the top beneficiary by far this year of political action committees looking to shape farm and energy policy, that according to an analysis by AgriPulse. Conaway has received more than $476,000, followed by Peterson at $291,000. Stabenow, the leading Senate recipient, at more than $276,000. For more on who's giving and spending on lawmakers, look for our detailed PAC analysis in this week's AgriPulse newsletter, along with more on the future of crop insurance and the Senate's Farm Bill, top trade issues, and the EPA. Senate Appropriators' Advance Interior EPA Bill. A Senate Appropriations Subcommittee has approved a fiscal 19 spending bill for the Interior Department, EPA, and Forest Service, largely steers clear of contentious policy provisions. The bill continues a prohibition on listing the greater sage-grouse as an endangered species. The bill would fully fund the payment-in-lieu-of-taxes program that helps counties with significant amounts of federal land and also would give the Forest Service a $5 million increase for hazard fuels reduction in national forests. The bill is scheduled to be considered by the full Appropriations Committee on Thursday. The House GOP is pledging ag labor action. Last night produced a couple of developments on immigration policy with implications for U.S. agriculture. The House GOP leadership agreed to bring up immigration legislation next week, a move that could provide a path to holding another vote on the Republican Farm Bill that was defeated last month when some conservatives demanded the House first act on immigration policy. Also, Representative Dan Newhouse, a Republican of Washington, announced that Republican leaders promised him that the House will consider separate legislation this summer to address agriculture labor needs. Newhouse said our farmers and ranchers must have access to a legal and reliable workforce in order to provide the world with a safe and abundant supply of food. In exchange for those commitments, Newhouse held off on signing a discharge petition that would have forced a vote on legalizing DREAMers immigrants who were brought to the country illegally as children. McKinney hopes to continue ag trade talks with China. The U.S. made gains for agriculture trade with China during negotiations in Beijing earlier this month, and even more could be accomplished in a subsequent summit, according to USDA Undersecretary for Trade Ted McKinney. Talking to reporters yesterday, McKinney declined to go into detail on issues the Chinese agreed to. But he did list China's ban on U.S. poultry as well as the country's lengthy biotech approval process as some of the topics that were discussed during the summit. McKinney also stressed that China has not yet provided proof that it will make good on pledges to lift non-tariff barriers on U.S. ag. McKinney said, we felt the discussions were good. There's a lot of proof yet to be demonstrated. You have to trust, but verify. And so, we'll just have to see how time goes. It's uncertain whether McKinney will get the opportunity at another summit. U.S. officials have said that China warned U.S. negotiators that China will not uphold any tentative agreements if the Trump administration imposes $50 billion worth of tariffs to punish the country for intellectual property theft. The U.S. is scheduled to publish a list of Chinese products for the $50 billion in tariffs on Friday, but it's not clear when or if they'll be implemented. It's also unclear how China will react. China has threatened to retaliate with its own tariffs, including a new 25% tax on U.S. soybeans. MPP sign-up extended to June 22nd. U.S. Department of Agriculture giving dairy producers still more time to sign up for the Margin Protection Program. Some 1,000 producers enrolled last week when sign-up was extended from June 1st to June 8th, bringing the total to 21,000. Now the deadline is being extended until June 22nd. Here's today's He Said It. I just bought a fairly new 1996 Lincoln, 29,000 miles on it, last October. That's Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa. He says the car's been running on E15 without problem so far. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, June 13th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.